0: Welcome to the Profitable Nutritionist Podcast, where your host and fellow nutritional therapy practitioner, Andrea Nordling, teaches you how to grow a sustainable, impactful, and consistently profitable health and wellness practice by following her proven formula. How do you know if it's time to take the leap and quit your job? (laughs) And other lighthearted (laughs) topics. My friend, welcome to episode 47. 47 already? What? So exciting. Well, here's the deal. I just had the pleasure, and I do mean the pleasure, of interviewing one of my students in the Profitable Nutritionist Program. Her name is Junie Boucher. She's absolutely incredible. And she was sharing her journey from quitting her corporate job and going full time in her holistic nutrition practice. What that has looked like. She has a lot to share about what that journey has been like and what she has learned along the way and it didn't go smoothly, just so you know. It didn't go smoothly. (laughs) She has a lot to share about it. We are second in this interview series where I am interviewing some of my students and asking them the question, what do you wish you had known when you first started your business? What do you know now that you wish you had known then? And it is inspiring some of the most fun conversations. Now, on your end, as you're listening to episode 47, this is the second in the series. But Full disclosure, I have already recorded the upcoming episodes, and this is actually the last interview that I'm recording, so I know that for the next three, four, five, I don't know how many weeks, you have some serious goodness coming your way, because I've already recorded the interviews, and they are fantastic, and can we just take a moment and say that this is the most fun thing about podcasting, so you can work ahead. I know that I'm going to be doing a bunch of travel over the upcoming month, and so I'm able to batch create everything ahead of time. How fun is that? you got to love podcasting. This wasn't actually supposed to be a podcast commercial, but I'm just kind of high on podcasting right now because Juni and I also, in our interview, talked quite a bit about that as well. So you have to listen to this interview. She has so much to share about um, her clients, how they have changed, how her niche has changed, how it is currently evolving, how she knew it was time to take the leap and quit her job, what that has actually entailed as she has done it and now has been a full-time entrepreneur for, seven months, I think we talked about. She has a lot to share. She also mentioned a training that she took called Clients Week that was very valuable to her. And when we talked about it, I was kind of giggling in the interview because she has no idea that actually Clients Week is making a return and is coming back for you at the beginning of September. So I kind of laughed when she said that. And I said, well, actually, people can sign up for Clients Week in a couple weeks. I probably should just get the link ready for them to sign up now. So I'm telling you, When you listen to this episode and we reference clients week that actually will be available for you to register in real time it's a five-day free training where we are going to talk all about attracting the easiest most dream clients repelling the hard ones and getting more clients so it's a focus on quality of clients and quantity of clients at the same time in a really unique way and so if you've never attended clients week before and you probably haven't because it only happens once or twice a year, then you have to register. Linked up in this description is the link, but I'll tell it to you right now. It's buildaprofitablepractice.com clients. You'll be able to save your spot. Again, it's a five day free training and it starts on September 12th. We are going deep. On more clients and higher quality clients for you in your practice. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Juni. Again, we just had so much fun on this interview. I know you're going to get so much out of it and I cannot wait on your behalf. Enjoy. All right, we are on, Juni. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. So I'm going to kick off here. I've already introduced you to everyone, but I would love for you to tell them a little bit about you and some of the background of how your business has come about. Like how did it happen? How does it happen that you are on this podcast right now? Can you give us a little <laughs> background? <laughs> who are you sure. and how did it happen?
1: <laughs> who oh, who am I? Okay. So, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So, I've been really fascinated with nutrition since I was a teenager because I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's when I was 16 years old, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And I just started studying it and I was able to reverse my Hashimoto's through what I believe to be food alone. And then, so that was pretty cool. And then I started to experiment with paleo diets and stuff like that, just for athletic performance and I don't know, just upgrading my health a little bit. And then in 2019, I was hit with a bit of a health bombshell where I was diagnosed with breast cancer um, at the age of 41, which was really unexpected. And it put me back into really focusing on how I could support my body through that process. And it was really powerful. And once I finished my treatment, I had that classic awakening, I suppose, that many people who are diagnosed with a life-threatening illness have where I really just did a bit of a pivot in my life. I mean, I've always been pretty like the type of person that follows their heart, but I really decided that I didn't want to do anything that I didn't want to do beyond the basics of adulting. So, I but I wanted to really build the life. <laughs> that's just so like, you know that speaks to me on such a deep level. I just love it so much. <laughs> well, yeah, going. definitely. I think anybody who's entrepreneurial has decided, Oh, I'm going to design my life the way I want to because I can. And that's such an empowering pivot for so many people. And I did. So, I just said, I'm going to work through these voices that say I can't. Have the life I want. What have I always been passionate about was nutrition. So, when we went into lockdown in 2020, that was actually the perfect time for me to go back to school to the Nutritional Therapy Association. I became a nutritional therapy practitioner, got that certification, and then I just kind of hit the ground running. But once I left that program, I felt really lost. About how to do the business part. Because like so many people who are listening to this podcast, I'm sure they don't really cover that. I mean, you do get a little bit of a unit at the end where they talk about a few things. But for the most part, you've gotten this incredible education about how to help people eat a more nourishing meal and upgrade their health. But how do you find those people and all those things. So I then went into sort of a new phase and found your group among, I've done many entrepreneur groups. I found the profitable nutritionist group and I've been kind of just going all in on that because as you talk about in the program, it's, you know, it's all up to you. Is <laughs> like, it yeah, I,
0: that? Yeah, it's like the best news and the worst news at the yes. same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I was working actually working in the workbook last night, and because you sent out the written copy, and I'm a pen and paper person. Yeah, so I had done electronic stuff, but I I've been going back and doing it on paper. And there's a part you talk about that a lot about like 100 responsibility, and it's like, does that freak you out or does that thrill you? And honestly, it's a little bit of both, right? But that's been super empowering for me, and you know, attending the coaching calls, the brainstorming groups, and just throwing all the spaghetti at the wall, yeah, <laughs> and then figuring out how to evaluate what's working has really helped me. I will say, probably because just thinking about what we were going to talk about today, one of the most powerful components, I think that I've experienced is really just selling myself on my own offer. Mm, And yeah. yeah, we talk about that so much in the calls and we have so many of the same thoughts. I think that was a big aha moment too of, oh, we're all thinking this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's such a good thing to bring up because I know a lot of people that are listening to this may have questions about the program and about how the group coaching works. And Mm so I'm going to clarify two things in case people are wondering. So the workbook that Junie's talking about is a component of the program. It's a written component. There's a digital and a hard copy workbook to go through. And as you're going through the modules of the program, you're actually formulating your ideas and doing some self-coaching in real time as you go through. So that's what she's talking about when she talks about the workbook. And then the live calls. I love that you bring this up. I, I think that this is going to really play into kind of what we're going to talk about today and the, the rest of the episode, but we're not that unique. And we do find that people ask very similar questions to the ones that we have ourselves. And when we watch other people get coaching, we can get the coaching ourselves, even if we're not the one asking the question. <laughs> and then we have to remember our clients feel the exact same way, which is just such a, a good reminder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the... Beyond the coaching sessions, there's also the brainstorming sessions too, which we get to talk to other folks in the program. And that's been extremely helpful. They all have their own power. But I noticed, yeah, the same questions coming up. And sometimes on the calls... There are a lot of people who attend very regularly, but they don't always get coaching. So when you hear a different version of the same question over and over and over again, I'm like, oh, wow. This is where I identified where I spin out. And I think that's been super powerful to just be able to take that thought and stop it. Use some of the tools we have in the program to how to reframe it. And then sell myself on the idea that I want to believe going forward. And that's just created a big shift, I think, in the way that I talk about my offer. Because all of my sales in the last couple months, and I had my biggest month last month, were a result of somebody hearing me either on a podcast or or actually, yeah, my podcast or somebody else's podcast or just some platform where I was talking about the work that I do. And I believe that the passion I have about the work that I do, because I finally sold myself (laughs) on how life-changing this actually is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They can feel that. And they're Mm -hmm. like, I want more of that. Give me more of that. (laughs) Uh So good. Okay. So bring us through and let's talk a little bit about that. So you got certified as an NTP in 2020. You you sold yourself on the fact that you wanted a business, but I know that you didn't transition from your corporate job to full-time in your business right away. So can you talk a little bit about that? And then I bet you're going to talk about, and I would be curious about this too. Did you always have a very specific niche or is that recent as well?
1: Yeah, sure. So I yeah, so I finished the NTP program in 2021, March of 2021, and I had a goal. I made sort of an impossible like this seems crazy goal that I would be out of my very well-paying for well, it felt very well-paying for me. It was the most money I had ever made. I was working in the legal industry mm-hmm. job at the end of 2021 and you know, and I made a plan. I worked Every weekend, <laughs> but it was great because I had that new business energy, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I burned out. But you know, it was, when I look at it now, I'm like, how in the world was I doing that? Like I almost never took a day off. But so I, I worked through that, and then I I had joined at the end of the around October. I had joined a different entrepreneurial program, and that was. I kept hearing over and over and over again like niche down niche down niche down and it was sort of brought up to me like hey you're really passionate about your breast cancer work because obviously that affects you on a personal level. So it was very natural for me to niche down. I am going through some interesting thing now because my niche is evolving yeah. for me personally and yeah, we can talk about that too because it does tie into some work that I've mentally done with the your program that I think was really life-changing. But yeah, so I I picked a niche. I know people get so scared about that. And I was too. It felt like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ostracize people. I'm not gonna have a big enough pool. And I really focused on the young breast cancer population because it's kind of an underserved community and there are a lot of things to cover. I was very interested in the information myself, and I started a podcast. That's taken a little while to build momentum, but I get like emails every week from people now saying, "Oh, I have just binged every episode, and I this has really helped me." Mm-hmm. Which is like, oh, you know, that's amazing. Best your, feeling in best the world. Really, yes. and also, let's see, what was your other question?
0: Okay. So I was wondering about if you started off specifically in the cancer niche or not. So you kind of answered that, but now you have me, you have me intrigued about how your niche is transformed.
1: (laughs) Well, I will say when I first, first started, I was thinking hormones, just hormones, which is a super general. And then once I started working with coaches, they were like, you got to get more specific than that. And then um, the thing with breast cancer is that I believe the statistic is. 75% 75% of women are who have breast cancer, it's a hormonally driven. So it all ties in, but it, I just was able to talk to a very specific person. Now, once I started working in that niche, I really started to see some interesting things, not only in myself by doing sort of personal experiments, but in the community about the aspect of sexuality and libido. Because when you lose an zone because you've lost your breath to a, a surgery, you've essentially had an amputation, you have to do a lot of work. And that's something that, again, is not talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. There's Just also many. It. Yeah, there's also medications that most women who are diagnosed with hormonally driven breast cancer will have to take that are hormone blockers that basically are a bit of a precautionary method so that your hormones don't feed new cancer. So that's another thing that women have to deal with that has a lot of side effects. And one of the side effects tends to be a lack of libido. So I got really fascinated about that. And as I started to experiment with myself, I was like, oh my goodness, I am having this awakening for myself just my libido shot through the roof and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, this is working. <laughs> and talk
0: about this. Must yeah. tell people.
1: Yeah. And and I, you know, and I I'm a very open book type person. I know not everybody's like that, but I started just talking about it and about how important I think that is to life and feeling vibrant and present and full of purpose and pleasure. And so I started just talking about it on a podcast and people were really responsive to it. I wrote a, a very personal essay that was included in a, a magazine and is actually going to be published in their a book they're putting out about... Oh
0: my gosh, congratulations.
1: You. I just found out about that, about you know, what it's like to date after a me because I am single. I wasn't at the time during my breast cancer journey. I had a wonderful boyfriend, but you know we're no longer together. And so I had to go out into this world and face what it's like to date and and how do you talk to a partner when you know things are a little wonky down there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and you know, it, it became a very empowering experience for me. I was actually being coached on a call. Yeah, As I said, it's not happening fast enough. I'm not making the money that I, I need to make and I'm getting scared. Maybe I need to ask for my old job back. Because,
0: okay, we didn't get to that I part. So you must have sorry. at the end of 2021, you must have followed yeah. through on your impossible goal and resigned from your job. Yeah,
1: I did. I did. I, I just went all in on the business stuff and I said, I am going to be the person that makes this work. I mean, I yeah. did have a plan. You know, I had savings. I put money aside. I... I actually took out a business loan and I was like, we're going to jump off this cliff and we are going to figure out how to fly. So I gave my job a lot of notice and they were like, you can come back if you want and left on really good terms and they were very supportive. And I left at the end of 2021. I started 2022 as a full-time employee of my own business. Yeah. Was great, yeah. And it just allowed me... To, I mean, we all kind of have, a lot of us have to do it. We just don't really have a choice. But I believe that the sooner you can take that leap and just put everything you have in that basket, at least for me, really helped because it added pressure, which I work better under a little bit of pressure, and it added conviction you know, it forced me to believe in myself. And it also forced me to say, because it took me a little while to be like, I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, as opposed to, oh, I do this, but I also, I work in nutrition. Kind you know, Yeah. That. Sometimes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had to, it, it forced me to kind of change my identity internally. Yeah. And that was, I think, a big help. But yeah, it wasn't quote unquote happening fast enough.
0: <laughs> yes, I remember this coaching call very, very well. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you were like, uh who who says? <laughs> and I realized, oh yeah, yeah, who does say? Like, I'm doing all the things. What's happening? Why isn't this working? But it, it was working. It just mm-hmm. and then, but I also you talked me through the fact that. I have permission to do whatever I need to do, and you said if you have to get a little scrappy and do something on the side, okay, that's great, that's awesome. You know, you're gonna, you'll be proud of yourself down the line that you did what it takes. And so I, I prepared myself, and I actually did this whole. I'm I'm a big. Proponent of pros and cons lists. I did a pros and cons list for each scenario. One was to ask for my old job back, which I had really burnt out on and I didn't want to do, and then go back to working on my nutrition stuff during the weekend or see if they would let me work part time. Then there was another option of doing this full time still, but getting, picking up a like a service industry job because I'd bartended and waited tables before and I never really minded it. So I kind of decided I was going to do that. And then the universe or something, an opportunity arose. Or I said, or I guess I could just move somewhere that has a lower cost of living and kind of change things. And one of my good friends was in town who lived in another state in Oregon. I was in California. And there was an opportunity to, they needed a nutrition person or they wanted one at their sexual health collective. There are a group of therapists who specialize in sex coaching and sex therapy, and they were <clears throat> wanting to do a holistic approach with nutrition and acupuncture and physical therapy. And they said, would you be interested in being the nutrition person? So I started crunching the numbers and my cost of living, I was able to slash and also get this new opportunity to be a part of this collective. And that's, so I just was like, oh, okay, we'll do that. (laughs) And I still know in the back of my head, if I need to get scrappy, I have permission to do it.
0: Yes. Yes. Permission yeah. from yourself. Really. I remember on that coaching call, we just went, okay, what is the worst case scenario here? Instead of avoiding it or, mm-hmm. you know, because you, it was kind of a heightened sense of panic that you were having. And I know so many people feel this too. So I'm so glad that we're talking about this again. Yeah. It's, you know, we, we don't have to be the one getting coached to actually be getting coached. So, so many people <laughs> were in the chat on this coaching call, like, oh my gosh, this is me. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I know this is valuable, but we went to that worst case scenario Mm-hmm. And instead of avoiding it, we said, okay, like what happened? If your savings runs out, what will we do? What are the mm-hmm. options? We, okay. We listed them out. All right, Well, none of these are that scary. Actually, we could handle any of these. Would we die? Yeah. <laughs> Would you die if you got a a bartending job. Like, no, actually, I think that would be kind of fun. I would be able to talk about my business a lot. That wouldn't be the worst thing. Okay. Now, all of a sudden that wasn't so scary. And then there were other options. And then as we talked through it, and as you went to that scenario, which at first, as I recall, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but as I recall, you were very it was, there was a lot of resistance to that. Like that would be so terrible. What would people think? My business Mm -hmm. didn't work. What, what would everybody say? Mm -hmm. There was a lot around that. So when we got past that resistance, we just went, okay, well let's, maybe that won't ever happen, but if it did, Mm -hmm. what would that be like? What would, what would you actually do? And as you talked through it, you discovered more possibilities. Like, well, actually I could do this. And then maybe I could do this. Maybe that wouldn't even happen. By the time (laughs) we talked through it,
1: you're like I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that is that is so amazing how it was going through, and you're really good at that in in the coaching stuff where you're like, what if what if that did happen? What if your client has terrible results and blames it on you and tells everyone they know that they had a terrible experience? What if? What you if? Know, Let's like, go there. Yeah, well, that will yeah. happen. Let's exactly. go. Yeah. And when you go there, I don't know why. I mean, because yeah, the, like uh, even just saying that my stomach just went like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because it's like your worst nightmare in this field. But it, when you do walk down that path and you really flesh it out, you see, I, I'll I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be okay. I'll come out the other side with
0: a better understanding. I'll mm-hmm. figure it out. I'm not going to die. Neither are they. And we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. So you made this move. I did not know what had been the precursor (laughs) to the move to Oregon. I did not know that part of the story. I'm loving every second of this. So you get to Oregon now tell us about, and I know that we are going to just kind of talk about this in, I I don't even know what lens we're going to look at it through, but we're going to explore this. (laughs) The last few months have been different in your business for Mm -hmm. many different ways. You've also been in a new city. What has happened? (laughs) (laughs)
1: What's <laughs> <laughs> well, things really started to shift a little bit literally after that coaching session, which was before I decided to move. I mean, it all happened fast. I think, I think just deciding and then starting to look into the possibilities, it just shifted my energy. So I think there was not so much of this panic. That's something that we also talk about is that people pick up on this panic. Yeah. And it's terrible because when you are in the panic and it's like, well, if you have this panicky energy, people are going to feel it. And you're just like, well, I don't know how to get out of it. (laughs) You know, but you do have to sort of, I think the walking through the worst case scenario was the key to just give. And you said, give yourself, what is it that's going to give you a little bit more room um, mentally and financially and just giving myself that permission allowed me, I believe, to take that panicky energy down, and and it was a bit magnetic. So I got it. I think I got a client like that week. And yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I yeah. And I was like, like posted okay. about it in the lounge and was like, "Of course you did, right?" And then, um, and then just the energy of like, well, this was interesting. An opportunity arose. I. I'm taking it, you know, and I I did downsize my life a lot. I mean, I I was living in LA. It wasn't like I was living in the lap of luxury, but I did have kind of a big apartment with you know, a dedicated office and all this stuff and I said, "You know what? If I move to Oregon and I just go to a, a regular one bedroom apartment and you know, my I save money on my I saved money on everything, my insurance, my health benefits, all these interesting things i i've been able to give myself more mental room and for i'm sure it's exactly like what we said having that space and that less financial stress has just really allowed me to sit in the flow of like what i love about my work and the passion is being conveyed because i'm not constantly thinking oh god how am i going to sell this person on my offer yeah I'm- you know, I mean, I still want to sell them, but
0: right, but it's not the conversation isn't doesn't have the subtext of I really need you to pay me so I can keep going here.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's not the most compelling sales psychology, really. No, no, not at all. And so, I mean, I I do a lot of outreach in terms of i i write to my email list i have a podcast i do post on social media pretty regularly but those are things that i actually enjoy doing so another thing that we've talked about in coaching is like basically like what if it's what if we can make it easy what if it's easy which is also like huh your your brain the entrepreneurial brain and i think this is very characteristic and, and I I don't don't get mad at me listeners for pigeonholing us as women but I think of the female entrepreneur is oftentimes stuck in this I've gotta hustle my butt off and and this is gonna be hard and I'm gonna have to do a lot of stuff I don't want to do you know like I I have a blog but I don't really like writing the blog that's just not my thing. I don't think I'm particularly skilled at writing. I'm okay, but it takes me a long time. And so I had to do this this week where I've been, you know, I have all my little marketing outreach things. And I was like, Oh, I have this idea for a blog post. And I just kept putting it off. And I just said, you don't, why do you think you have to do that? Yeah. (laughs) Expend your energy somewhere else. And because I am doing their things and allowing it to be easy. What are other ways? But also being clear about evaluating the things that work. It's like, okay, I do get clients through social media. Not a ton, but some. And I build relationships through social media. I wanted to make some funny reels this week. So instead of doing the blog, which I kept dragging my feet on, I did reels. And yeah. you know, so I, I and just, probably
0: actually enjoyed it instead of yes. dreading it and loathing it. Actually enjoyed it, yes, and made it happen faster.
1: Y- exactly, and that's that's the other thing is like kind of going with the stuff that you like. We've talked about me and I like networking events. I know mm-hmm. I'm a weirdo f- to a lot of people, but. I like those so you you gave me this idea of what if your only marketing I signed up for one it hasn't come up yet cuz I literally just moved here about a month ago but that was the first one I could find yeah you know that's going to be an interesting experience too what if all of my marketing is just done through in-person networking events what yeah. if like maybe yeah. it can
0: be that simple It's kind of the opposite of going to the worst case scenario. So we explore the worst (laughs) case scenarios and then we get really comfy with those and realize, okay, we'll live. But then we also get this, the joyous, pleasurable experience of going to the best case scenario and playing that out. So for you, best case scenario is what if I just get to show up to networking events and talk to people and all the clients come my way? Yeah. So we had to explore that. What if that's all you need to do? And that's it. And that's your dream business. And your brain exploded. You were like, that would be so great. I could do that all day long.
1: just <laughs> so fun. Yeah. And you, well, you're such an interesting example of that. In, I know you talked about, I mean, you have a podcast and stuff, but you talk about how email marketing, you said that's one of your main yeah. tools. Yep. Yeah. Like that yep. seems so simple. I mean, I hate writing emails, (laughs) but it seems like you like to write emails. I do. I totally like to write emails. And when I
0: got very honest with myself, similarly to you and your blog post, when I said just all of this other bullshit, I don't like to do it, but in my Mm -hmm. dream business, I would write emails. And I would schedule them in advance and they would go out and they would help people and they would tell people, this is how you come to first base with me. This is how you come to second (laughs) base. Here's the home run. Here's what we do next. And that's what I, that would be my business. Like that would be so amazing. And so, so when I got really clear on that, I just couldn't see how spending my time doing uh, like getting better at other skills that I didn't want to be doing long term or that wasn't my dream business that, that suddenly seemed like such a waste of time. It's like, well, why am I not spending all of my time figuring out how to write great emails and to have better calls to action and more engaging emails and how like how do I do that since that's where I actually want to be going? It seems very simple as I relay it, but when we're in our own business, we don't think of things that way.
1: No, and I will say And I think this is a really important point that I remind myself of a lot. I am one of those people. I read your emails for, I think, two years before I signed up for the course. Well, not two years, but over a year. Well over a year. I still read your emails. (laughs) Even the ones that I don't... like. You know, even the ones that don't necessarily uh, pertain to me, or, you know, I've already signed up for the profitable nutritionist, but I still read the emails that I know are focused on, you know, helping people find this program because they're such a good example of compelling copy, really good calls to action. I feel like it's a weak spot for me, copywriting and email stuff. But I noticed yesterday in a newsletter that I wrote, I noticed your influence. I was like, oh, this this almost sounds a little bit <laughs> like Andrea. Like just the way I was, you know, I got a little bit provocative with like what I was pitching to the, the reader of just like, hey, if you think that you don't have time to, you know, devote to yourself and live the life that you want to live, why, (laughs) you know, and, and like really get curious about that and not, not provocative, like calling anybody out or making somebody feel bad, but, but you do, you push the buttons and you ask people to ask the questions of themselves. And I think that's really powerful stuff. And I know that you drew me in. I mean, even when, yeah, I was always compelled by the emails and I know it's, you send a lot of emails. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just be like, "This is a lot of emails," For <laughs> but at sure. the same time, it, it's it works. Like yeah. I still, no matter what, I I open that to me. Whenever I see myself do that, I was I think that's incredible. This is a you know you you are you're kind of a genius at it. <laughs> but I have a lot to learn yeah. from you, and but I also get good information because you you have a really great way of balancing the mind of your reader, your intended reader. You you speak to that mind super well and you talk a lot in your workshops, like the, the copy, I think it's a copywriting or the, the easiest yeah. and hardest clients. I've done that too with you, yeah. the work, the free workshop you offer. And you're talking to your easiest clients. And I think I might be I might fall into that category. I hope I do. but I would 100% say that you do. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, like the people that are like, I'm going to figure this out. And so it's been helping me figure out how to write to my easiest clients by seeing how I respond to your emails as an easiest client.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Okay. There's so many gems we can pull out of that that I want to elaborate on. Well, I want to have you elaborate on them. First of all, I'm going to say two things. The easiest clients and hardest clients training that she's talking about is called Clients Week. And Junie does not know this, but it's actually going to be coming back in September. I'm doing a free five-day training called Clients Week where I teach this concept of easiest clients and hardest clients and exactly what to say to the easiest clients to bring them in and repel the hardest clients. So Junie, you didn't even know that, but you teed that up perfectly. So if you're listening (laughs) to this episode in real time, you get to sign up for Clients Week. So (laughs) that'll be linked up in the, probably in the show notes of this episode, or else if you're on my email list, you'll be getting an email about it at the end of August. So that is coming fantastic that you brought that up. But Mm -hmm. the other thing I want to talk about is just kind of to bring back to how the parallel between for me, it's emails, for you, it's networking events. I want you to talk a little bit about like, what has this looked like for you as you are getting out into a new community? I know that there are going to be people that are thinking about this. Like, holy cow, you're in a new town. You don't know people and you are clearly an extroverted person. What are you actually doing to get out in front and go network with people. I have to be honest, I wouldn't know how to do this because that's not something I've ever done. So I'm kind of curious.
1: Well, I will say I, this is a, I don't have a lot of data yet on this. I will just say that in the brainstorming groups in the Profitable Nutritionist Program, some people talked about it and said that they had had some fruitful exchanges. And I said, that sounds like so much fun to me. And then I signed up for a a networking event at my local chamber of commerce before I knew I was going to move. And then I decided I was going to move. And then I still went just because the women in the group were like, no, go talk about your business. It's just an opportunity. And I went and I had like the best time. It felt like I I went to a party. (laughs) And I said, that was so fun. And I did make connections. And so I was kind of looking for people like chiropractors, Massage therapists, acupuncturists, people who those types of wellness professionals do tend to join, and then the cool thing too about like a chamber of commerce is they will connect you if you tell them this is what I do, this is who I'm looking to meet they they will say, "Oh, you know, meet Charlie, he's an acupuncturist. I am trying to cater to my audience, who is also you know myself of this is Portland Oregon is a community oriented place people value in person contact i think they value people that want to serve the community and so i'm going into the situation looking for not only making connections mm-hmm. meeting people that i might want to be friends with yeah. <laughs> because i'm in a new town but also looking for potential Opportunities where I might be able to serve a community with like a freebie or a workshop that I might be able to create that caters to this community. I'm also a meditation teacher, and stress management is a really big part of my practice. So, looking for opportunities, I'm just kind of looking for anything that will ground me in this new community that I feel has a lot of respect for folks that. Want to contribute. And I just feel like it's a win win situation. So that's my approach. But I also, I just say yes to things. Now, granted, I, like you said, I'm super outgoing and people think I'm really confident. And it's, I don't know, I, that's true in that I'm not shy because it just, I, I don't know. I just don't, I'm just not shy. So I had an opportunity to go on TV they wanted someone to talk about breast cancer. And that was like the first week I was here. And a friend of mine hooked me up with that. And I, I was like, sure, I'll do that. And it was amazing. It was so <laughs> much fun. I'm dying. I'm just dying over here. Keep going. I love this so <laughs> well, much. So I just, I say yes to things. I get scared. I was super nervous. And I was, you know, like, yeah. And and when I watched it back, I was actually pretty happy with it. But you know, you, you pick yourself apart. Yeah. But it was still fun. And it was a great life experience, so I just say yes to things. <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question. It totally
0: answers the question. question. Yeah, you just say yes to things without the expectation that you have a script written of how it has to play out. I, that's what I'm hearing yes. from what you're saying. You're like, I just say yes to things. I get in front of people. They might know people. It might be a personal connection. Didn't you get a date at one of these networking <laughs> events? I did. I did. It's I got, so no. Good. I
1: I met somebody that I you know I still kind of dating. I mean, it's, yeah, he's a fantastic person that I'm super happy I met. Yeah. It was really fun.
0: I love it so much. So what I'm hearing from what you're saying is like, just say yes to things that don't have an agenda of exactly what you need to get out of it. That's what I'm hearing. I don't know if that's exactly what you're saying, but that's where yeah, i
1: I mean, well, it's, it's a focused, it's a focused intention where I'm like, okay, I want to meet these people because I think that if it's a chiropractor or somebody who needs someone with my skills you know like it's not mm-hmm. just like a willy-nilly like I want to go to a party it's just it's a it has focus but also yeah I do I let go of the expectation of anything coming out of it but just going in really positive knowing that I want to serve the community because I think that serving the community will bring back you know I don't know I think that will serve me but it's also about playing to my strengths like i i really am clear i did some test online about like what are my business strengths and they were like you are good at talking to people <laughs> you're very outgoing you you know the things that that all feed into this type of outreach podcasting and in person networking and just being around other people. Those are my strengths. So other people have other strengths Mm -hmm. and just leaning into those strengths as opposed to trying to build up my weaknesses.
0: Yeah. Such a good differentiation. So Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. And I think people listening to this who are very outgoing and extroverted like you are can tell themselves a story that having an online business is not fulfilling for them because they need to be around people. I've heard this many times. And I think you're such a good example of marrying the two together and having your dream business feed your dream lifestyle where you get to even go meet more people. You get to decide.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm making that kind of happen because I've worked from home for the last six years because my job before this was always home-based. So I... I am, yeah, I get lonely because I live by myself, but also I, yeah, I've built it in.
0: Yeah. You're figuring out how to do it perfectly exactly how you want to. I love that.
1: And so. it gives me the energy too. So when I go to those events, I have a lot of energy to to give to it. So if I were... Even if I was extroverted, but I was really bogged down by other social engagements. I mean, I obviously still hang out. I have friends up here. I do things with them. But, you know, it, even an extroverted person gets depleted a little bit if they're doing a ton of events mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. or at least this one does. So, yeah. but kind of harnessing that energy helps me go into it. I think, yeah, like when I went to that networking event, I, I, Every so many people were shy, and I was just like, "Hi!" I, I it really it was helpful to go into it feeling really excited about connecting.
0: Yeah. Oh, and they can obviously feel that, of course.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So good. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit because I don't want to mm-hmm. forget to ask this question. What would you tell someone who's just starting out with their holistic nutrition or health coaching business to help them avoid any mistakes that you made? What words of advice? Things that you wish you had known when you got started?
1: There's so many things. Well, I think the first thing is just get started. I did a lot of thinking and a lot of reading and a lot of research. I am still get stuck in that trap where I have to sometimes just stop myself and say, do the thing. Mm -hmm. I definitely think having coaching is really, really helpful. It's a great investment. I have friends from my program that are still struggling to find their way. And I'm still very much in the figuring it out phase, <laughs> but it's starting to really feel, I'm feeling the momentum, but that's taken time. So I think that's another thing too that you've really helped me with is just like, hey, it's not, you can do all the things, but you you just aren't in control of the timeline. So whatever you can do to stay passionate about it, to maintain your energy and focus on the things that you really enjoy doing. Find your strengths. Don't force yourself to do... I mean, we have to do the accounting. We have to do a lot of the taxes and the business stuff. We have to do it. But with in terms of marketing and outreach, finding your clients, like find the fun, easy thing. For yourself, and know that in the beginning it might not feel easy. But if for me, I knew, oh my gosh, having a podcast sounds so fun. And it sounded scary and it was clunky, (laughs) but it's been really fun. And that has been one of my biggest channels of finding people.
0: Yeah. And what I've found from podcasting, and I would be curious to know if you've had the same experience, is that doing a podcast really uses your brain in a way that makes you articulate your thoughts and your concepts and your philosophies and your own personal stance on things more concisely. You It makes you think about things harder. It makes you get much more clear on what you actually think when you are going to say it out loud in a podcast form, which I think (laughs) is so good for all of us in our business. Not saying everyone should start a podcast, but it certainly does expedite that like that whole evolution a little bit, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, when you're researching and... and I mean, I don't do a scripted podcast, but I have an outline for the podcast. I do research and I put things together, unless it's like an interview. But yeah, you have to figure out how to articulate things. You also... I think it's really interesting with the podcast. You learn the weird little things that you say that you don't realize. <laughs> Who knows what I what I've said on this podcast, but I know that I say... There's a couple phrases that I say a lot that I don't even realize I'm saying, and and it's helped me. I think become a better public speaker. So mm-hmm. when I did go on that TV spot, which was only a couple minutes long, I felt like I was able to articulate myself well. But again, it's I like this. It's it's fun for me. I know some people who it just sounds absolutely terrifying. And I'd say, well, don't do that then. Do you like blogging? Do you like emailing? Do you like YouTube videos? What do you like? Do that. It certainly helps. And you are really good at articulating things too and just being very genuine. That's yeah, that's a thing that I think with podcasting, they say podcasting is where people really get to know you. So it helps you. Find that authentic voice. I think one because you're just
0: talking into a microphone sometimes. Yeah, I know. I do know what you mean. It it does make you. I I would cringe to listen at some of the earlier podcast episodes when I didn't feel that, and I felt like there was a right way and a wrong way, and it was scripted, and it was more. I I, just a lot of pressure to like don't forget anything or whatever that Mm -hmm. was, which has definitely with practice evolved to the point where I also have I have an outline, but. Who I mean, who knows what's really going to come out during the episode. And I think that that is helpful for people to develop a relationship with you, which via podcasting is much easier to do to hear someone's voice. I think that that's really helpful for that. Mm -hmm. And they get a sense of how you operate. They know what it's going to be like to communicate with you when they are your client because Mm -hmm. they just feel like they understand the way that you work. I think it's so helpful.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that I talk about my life a little bit. Because, yeah, I really want my client to get to know me because I think, or one of the things I read about, one of the ways that clients have the best results is based on the relationship that they have with their practitioner. So, I'm really trying to build a relationship with the people that are listening to the podcast who may become future clients. And as a result, my clients, which by the way, right now, I feel like all of my clients are easiest clients in yeah. their own way. And they're, they're so sweet. I, I care about them all. Like I really genuinely like everybody so much and mostly because we've already connected. I mean, I talk into the microphone and I don't know if anybody's listening, (laughs) but I just sort of am myself and they have been so responsive and, and sweet and kind. And then they reveal things about themselves, which that might not be everybody's style. You might not want to get all up in your client's business, which I have my own boundaries, but having a connection with them, And feeling like they truly feel safe with me because health is so personal, it makes me feel much more confident in our ability to reach their goals, which is another huge hurdle, I think, with this type of work is you have to believe that your clients can be successful.
0: Oh, that's so good. So, so good, which I'm sure is a key component to you attracting easiest clients and not hardest clients. What is an easiest client for you? Cause now everybody's going to be signing up for clients week and they're going to be finding all their own easiest clients. But I'm curious about for you, what is that shift for you? Like what what is an easiest client for you?
1: The easiest client for me, and I do like I do, I have a meal planning software that i use most of my clients don't access it that's the meal plan thing is so funny they yeah. are people who are they are invested in their future self like they yeah. just want to improve their life they they might have specific goals like weight loss or whatever but they know and they value that upgrading your health is just like a life upgrade they're oh, that they bad. are They understand that they don't have to be perfect to make progress. They are open to simplifying things because that's been a big lesson I've learned that, especially in the brainstorming sessions, just comes up over and over. Like, go back to the basics. People try to do too much and they get overwhelmed and then they don't do anything. So they're open to that. The baby steps. They trust but they also take an active role in the process. They know I can't make the results happen for them.
0: This is so good. I love that. I, thank you for letting me put you on the spot about that and just talking <laughs> it through. I knew that you wouldn't let me down. I love this because a lot of people think that an easiest client is like, she's 42 and a half years old. Mm. She, is, she has 30 pounds to lose. It's like those types of things of, are what they're thinking of. And whereas you are describing the way that your client is approaching the work that you do together and the way that they're problem solving in their life. And those are the things that we want to think about at a very high level when we're thinking about our future clients, because you will speak to someone, which you're obviously doing a great job of doing, that wants to simplify things. You're not even talking to the person that's obsessively wanting to calculate and measure their food or you know whatever that looks like that's the non-simplified version. You're not even talking to that person. Therefore, the person that's coming to you is the one that wants to simplify and that wants the life upgrade because that's the way that you're, you're talking to them. And then I also want to say, because you brought it up a few times, the brainstorming sessions that Juni's talking about are Inside the Profitable Nutritionist Program, we do brainstorming, like group peer brainstorming sessions outside of the live coaching calls. And so that's what she's talking about. You get to just come on in. You get to get broken up into a small group of your peers and hear what's working for everybody else and give people feedback, get feedback for yourself and get ideas, which sounds like is very valuable for you. I love that you keep bringing that up.
1: So valuable. I mean, it's all valuable, but that has been an interesting element of it just talking to other nutrition professionals. And I've gotten so many good ideas from that. The the in-person networking, I never even thought of that. The meal garden planning template, which is a lot cheaper than that clean life, which a lot of people use and it's great, but it's pretty expensive. And it gives the client a bit more autonomy that's because awesome. it's, yeah, it's basically like they can go in and create their own meal plan. You can give them meal plans, but I don't know about you when you were doing this. Almost everybody that asks for a meal plan doesn't follow it. 100%. 100%. Yes. And so you spend all this time making this tedious thing that they don't use. And it also doesn't give them the skills to to, to do that in their own world. And as we just talked about, an easiest client wants to figure that out. Yes, they don't want you to have to send them their meals for the rest of their life. That's not what they want. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind sending them and be like, hey, if you need that structure. And I always tell them, like, this is a template. Like Mm -hmm. this gives you an idea of what this macronutrient breakdown looks like or how to get more protein in. And but don't freak out if you don't follow it to a T. So I think just having that structure, because a lot of people just don't even know what a good balanced day of eating looks like. So it's hard to follow a meal plan. It's a lot of cooking. So if you're not somebody that does that, but yeah, that that's good. And that's been a big thing for me is I don't send out a lot of recipes when I post on social media, because I say, this is how I figured this out. Or this is the, I went on Pinterest and I found a recipe that looked good for this. And I made this meal and I kind of show them the process, but I don't, copy and paste that recipe or write the whole recipe down because I think people need to figure it out (laughs) themselves. That's so good.
0: Oh, that's so good. Know thy easiest client versus Mm -hmm. thy hardest client. So fun. Can you tell us just... I mean the curiosity kills the cat. I gotta hear. What <laughs> does your business look like three years from now? What are you working towards?
1: Like what's Oh the- my gosh. I just did this in the workbook and I got really excited, to be honest with you. This is my let my mind go yeah. crazy. Yeah. I really I know you just did the mastermind. I'm not quite there yet in terms of the parameters, and I still have so much gold to mine in the profitable nutritionist, but I'm going to scale to, you know, six figures, multiple six figures. I am going to do that. And I love that you are trying to change the industry that we don't have to be struggling or doing this as a jobby <laughs> because it's super important work. So I, I want to create a group program because I do think that they're very valuable I'm focused on my easy offer right now, which is a one-to-one work. But I am putting together – I actually have two programs that I have in mind. One is for breast cancer survivorship, just sort of a holistic approach to that, but also focusing on the libido piece for hormone balance. And I also came up with a book idea. And uh, this was really kind of down the line, but – I had this whole vision of myself being just a symbol of how to, I'm really passionate about feeling good in your body. I'm really passionate about self-love and how does healthy living enable you to fuel your purpose. So I just, I feel like the sky's the limit, but the multiple six figures, I'm I'm coming for you.
0: It's happening. It is is as good as done. I have zero doubts about that. I think it's gonna happen for you much faster than you maybe even
1: are planning. (laughs) Just gonna say that. Well, thank you. I hope I hope you're
0: right. (laughs) I have no doubt about it. Okay. Tell everybody where they can find you and who they should be sending your way. Tell them about your podcast. Tell them all the things.
1: Okay. Well, my podcast is named Tata Cancer. It's on all the platforms. It's, you know, focused on the young breast cancer community and the issues that they face. But I really think anybody that, you know, is interested in hormones can listen to that. My website is junibwell.com. That's also my TikTok, Facebook and Instagram handle at Well. I'm most active on Instagram. Just because it's too much to try to manage those other ones, and mm-hmm. you can email me at Junie at Junie Well. But yeah, I help women who are in breast cancer treatment or coming out of it and want support to prevent recurrence. But also, I help women who are not only breast cancer survivors to manage symptoms of hormone blocking medications and are looking to lift libido. But I also help really anybody, specifically. Mostly people in midlife who want to reawaken that part of themselves and, and balance hormones and support so that they can have more fulfilling sex lives. And I work alongside of these other professionals that can provide support and you know bring more fulfillment to that area of your life.
0: Oh my gosh! I just, as you were saying this, I was seeing in my mind the Venn diagram of the uh, and all the overlap, like where these things are all overlapping, and I could see this group program in the future. I'm just saying,
1: right? So there, (laughs) yeah, there's an overlap, which is why I'm like, I've been questioning. Maybe I need to completely change my niche, but I'm like, like, I can abandon that thought immediately. I can do what I, I can do what I want. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can
0: I can see this visually, and there's such a great little overlap in the middle. That's where all of the money is yeah. coming from. That's okay. so fun. Okay. Well. So, so fun. I'm so excited for you. Thank you for coming on today and sharing so many good insights, especially about... I know people... Well, I mean, there's so much, but I know people are going to be loving hearing your story about taking the leap and quitting your job in particular. That's so, mm. so inspiring.
1: Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> still to this day but you know what i do not regret it one bit
0: right oh that's so good all right we're ending on that note because that <laughs> is so that's so juicy right there thank you so much Ginny, for coming on you're gonna have to be thank on again you. that's for sure yeah i would love that my friend does growing your business over the summertime the busiest three months of the year seem possible to you how about if i tell you you can do it in five to ten hours each week Uh, Yeah. I thought that would get your attention. Great. Behind the scenes here at the Profitable Nutritionist headquarters, we have been planning something really big for you. In fact, this is something we've never done before. A live challenge all about efficiency, time management, and delegating. The challenge officially starts on Monday, May 13th, and my friend, you are invited. During our five days together, plus some extras that I'm keeping as a surprise for now, you are actually going to be getting access to completely updated, brand new paid content from inside the Profitable Nutritionist program. And in this content, I teach you exactly how to structure your work for the next 90 days, including exactly what to focus on and how to lay out your calendar and your to-do list so it all gets done. We actually do an entire day's training on how to retrain your brain to procrastination proof your top priority tasks. Those are the ones that make you the most money in the shortest amount of time, by the way. (laughs) Yes, you will walk away from this totally free challenge with a rock solid plan for June, July and August, all plugged in to a color coded calendar system that is the stuff dreams are made of. The challenge is called Summertime 2.0. Again, it's brand new material to get you out of overwhelm so you can cruise into the busiest time of year feeling organized and focused while your business bank account balance just climbs up and up and up, hopefully while you are poolside or beachside. (laughs) <laughs> I've taught free trainings before, but what I've never done is combine it with live Q&A, implementation sessions, coaching calls, and done for you resources. My friend, this is a totally different experience than anything we've ever done before. That is what you are getting in Summertime 2.0. I'm holding nothing back. Remember, this is actual paid content from inside my program, which you get a sneak peek into for five days straight. The dates are May 13th to the 19th, You are going to learn everything you need to know about time management, prioritizing, creating time boundaries, how to say no to people and opportunities that are costing you money in your business, and how to actually stick to your calendar and finish your to-do list each week, including live Q&A with me, where you can ask all of your questions. So do I have you sold? I sure hope so. (laughs) To register for the challenge, go to theprofitablenutritionist.com slash time, T-I-M-E, Remember, we officially start on May 13th. It goes through May 17th, but there are a few pre-party happenings going on. So make sure you register right now and don't miss out. The challenge is brand new material delivered in a completely new way that is going to have you loving the boring topic of time management. I promise. <laughs> and the best part is it's totally free. Register right now at theprofitablenutritionist.com time.